You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Tucker Ham is here with me. And this is the show where we take your calls and answer your questions about everything health. We've been lied to, and it's killing us. Most of what we know about health and nutrition today is just plain wrong. And we're here to help you sort through all the myths and get down to the facts and what really works. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about health nutrition, food, training, diet, exercise, supplements, you name it. We'll talk about it. All you have to pick up the phone and give us a call. And we're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Kim, welcome back. Hi, Kevin. Glad to be here. Great to have you here. I've got... uh, A bunch of little things I want to open with today, and then we'll get to uh, some calls and questions. Stop. Um, It's that time of year. I'm already starting to see all the advertisements, and I just want to let everybody know, um, just say no to the flu shot. Just say no. It, it, It's... It's amazing to me. You know, we used to do the flu shot just for high-risk groups, the very elderly or somebody with the compromised immune system. I don't even think that's a good group because there's just a lot of problems with the flu shot. But now they're really, really pushing that everybody should get one. And there's a lot of money behind that kind of marketing because the pharmaceutical companies make a ton of money off flu shots. So they have lots of money to run commercials and ad campaigns and PR and and all kinds of things to make us believe we need to get a flu shot. There's really no money to promote the other side of the story. I mean, I, I can't make any money you know, running around creating a giant campaign to convince people not to do it. So this is part of the problem with our whole medical system. There's a lot of money to promote all the wrong stuff. And there's not much money in telling somebody eat whole real food. I mean, you can't monetize that advice. So it's why everything is so skewed and why we're having so many problems. But I am a a big, big believer in don't get the flu shot for a lot of reasons. One, they put a lot of stuff in vaccines that's just not good for us. Stuff that, that has been linked to problems over the years. But again, the pharmaceutical companies have lots of money to create all kinds of reports saying, oh, no, that's bunk, that won't hurt you, this is harmless. It's not. It's not harmless. There are things in the flu shot you just shouldn't have, period. Then there's the fact that you're getting vaccinated against one or maybe two strains of flu when there could be hundreds going around. They try to predict what the worst strain or two is going to be, and that's what they vaccinate you against. Doesn't mean you're not going to get the other 20 or 30 that you could be exposed to. 
So it's really a crapshoot. I I am blown away by how many people have told me they've never gotten flu shots in their life until just recently because they see all this about getting it and they get it and they feel horrible. Some people say they feel horrible for weeks, which is a little scary. So I just say stay away from this. The other thing is, I really believe if you do all the right stuff and you get healthy and you're eating a good whole food diet, you've addressed your immune system, you could be exposed to this to really get it. Or you might get it and it's going to be a really, really mild case because your immune system is in good functioning order and it will fight this off pretty quick and your symptoms are going to be mild. Um, I've, I've found it interesting that since I've been away, every once in a while, I'll start to feel like I might be getting sick. You know, you get that, oh boy, I got a little bit of a sore throat. I'm a little achy. I'm tired. It's that those beginning feelings of some sort of a cold or a flu. And I'll notice they only last a couple hours and they go away. And I, I'm wondering, and, and I'm going, I think I'm going to be able to test this pretty soon. I keep wondering, is it that I've been exposed to some virus, a cold, a flu, whatever it might be, and I start to feel it, but my immune system's working so well, it kind of kicks in and defeats it, and I never really get it? Or are the symptoms I'm feeling a food sensitivity? And that's another thing I want to talk about today because I'm excited about that. We are going to be able to test for this soon. And I'm thinking probably um, by next week or so, um, I sh we should be able to test for this. I'm in the process of setting up the account. We'll be getting the kits in. Once we have the kits in our hands, we'll go ahead and um, announce that we can start doing those. Now, I, I will say this is not an inexpensive test, but it is cheaper than it's ever been in the past and a lot more convenient. Here's why. Up, up until just recently, if you wanted to do food sensitivity testing, you had to go into a doctor's office, have blood drawn professionally, then mail it in, and there was a whole panel that they would do, and it was upwards of $1,000. By the time you, you know, had the office visit, got all that done, um, had the test, they analyzed all those things. We, we're really going to be able to cut that in half. I don't have final pricing yet, but I think we should be able to do a full food sensitivity panel for just about $500 and no office visit. We'll mail the kit out to you. You do a, a finger stick just like you would for checking blood glucose or ketones. You smear the blood on the card that's part of the kit, and you send it back in. Um, it's going to be a lot like the way we do oil samples now on trucks. And then we'll be able to get the results as well, and we can go over those results with you. But they're, it, it's actually pretty simple. The, uh, I've seen the results. I've seen multiple tests. Everybody at Biotics, the entire company did it. So at the conference this past weekend, we went through a lot of the results. And it's pretty simple. You get a report back, and they actually even give you a card. And the card fits in your wallet, and it lists all the foods you shouldn't eat. Um, and, and it's based on your results. So it, it's broken down in categories, like 
red, whatever foods end up in red, you are extremely reactive to those foods. Those are the ones you really just want to quit eating. Then the next level down is you are showing some sensitivity to these foods, but they're not as bad. And then the third level is you're showing some sensitivity, but it's fairly mild. So if you had a big list, and a lot of people do, I mean, there were some people that came back with like 30 to 40 foods in all three categories, but they may, might only have two or three in the worst category. So the idea would be cut those out. I mean, just get rid of those and see how you feel. And you may want to address the other two categories and, and experiment with that, see if you feel better. The other thing that you need to understand about this test, and we'll talk more about it when we get it in, gluten obviously is one of the biggest triggers of all. Just about everybody is sensitive to gluten. And some people were surprised when they got their test back and gluten didn't show up. But the reason it didn't show up was because they hadn't eaten it in two years. So your body, the, what they're testing for is when you eat a food that your body is sensitive to, your body will create antibodies that attack it, like it doesn't belong there. And that's what actually causes the symptoms that you feel. After that's happened, those markers, those antibodies are still in your blood. And that's what they're looking for on this test. But over time, those antibodies will disappear. And if you haven't eaten the food in a long time, there won't be enough of those antibodies. So you won't show up sensitive for it. But it could just be it's because you haven't eaten it in a long time. But my guess is there, if you haven't eaten it in a long time, you've probably eliminated it from your diet for a reason. Like I'm not going to be surprised if, if none of the grains show up in my test because I haven't eaten them in almost two years. And I'm not going to go back to eating them because I know I feel better without them. So we'll be talking more about that. Um, one more thing I want to cover, and uh, we'll see if you have anything uh, to talk about, Kim, and then we'll get to some phone calls after the break. Um, a couple things on people who have gone ketogenic and they're either not getting results or they got some results and they stalled. Some of the most common things I'm seeing, and it's a little different for women and men. For women, um, one, they're just not eating enough. Uh, it, it's kind of bizarre. They're actually not eating enough, and they're not eating enough starch. And one of the things I would do for women is add psyllium husk. That uh, kind of helps with some of the same issues, adding more starch would, but you don't have that same glycemic response. Um, when we get back, I'm going to have a, uh, an idea of what uh, men need to do if they hit a roadblock. And then we'll get some calls and questions. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking a little bit about uh, some quick tips on some keto roadblocks if you're hitting a plateau or not seeing the results you want. Um, women, again, eat more. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but uh, they're just not eating enough. Add some more starches, good starches back in, sweet potatoes, things like that. And add some psyllium husk as a supplement. Uh, men could do that as well. Adding psyllium husk is just good for all of us, and it will help with some of those issues. Men, the biggest problem I see if they kind of stall on this, it's almost always too much protein. Men are big meat eaters. You know, it's easy for us to sit down and polish off a 16-ounce steak, and that's more protein than you should have for the entire day. And sometimes we eat that in a meal, and then we're putting you know, there's protein in Bulletproof coffee, there's protein in eggs, there's protein in nuts, there's protein in most of the snacks we're eating, and men just tend to overdo the protein. And what we know now about weight loss is weight loss is basically driven by insulin. And any food that causes an insulin spike will also cause the body to start storing fat. And obviously, sugars and starches clearly cause an insulin spike. That's why we go low carb. Protein actually can cause insulin spikes. And we've talked about gluconeogenesis, and your body can break down protein and, and turn it into glucose. And, and we get that same insulin response if we eat too much protein. So the only one of the three macronutrients that has a zero insulin response is fat. You can eat all the fat you want. You get no insulin response. That's why it's actually so easy to lose weight when you're eating a lot of fat. So watch the protein. Um, add some starches if you're getting stuck and uh, the psyllium husk should help. And then... The other thing that we're just starting to learn more about this, and actually we don't know why, but it's one of the other reasons I'm so excited about the food sensitivity testing, is if you are very reactive to a food and you continue to consume it, it can cause problems with weight loss and, and a lot of the other issues we're seeing. And it's interesting because we think that we would know if we were sensitive to a food. Like we think we would get this immediate digestive reaction. Like, oh yeah, I drink milk and I get gassy and bloated and my stomach hurts. And that is one kind of response, but it's actually not the most common. Most of the food sensitivities, we don't realize they're happening. You don't necessarily feel it. You don't drink coffee and then have an upset stomach. and it was surprising how many people were actually sensitive to coffee. Now, I have a theory about that, too, um, because when, we, when a food shows up as you are sensitive to it, it could be the food or the, the nutrients in the food or the components in the food, but it also could be the way the food was produced. It could have been the pesticides that were sprayed on the crops. It could have been the mold toxins that developed. So I want to work with somebody that comes back sensitive to coffee and actually have them switch to bulletproof coffee 
the the coffee itself, not just putting butter and coconut oil and calling it bulletproof, but the bulletproof brand of coffee because it's supposed to be so clean. It would be interesting to see if somebody reacted to that the same way. So lots of new things I'm working on and testing, but I'm excited about the uh, food sensitivity test. I'm going to be doing mine first. In fact, I think as a company, we might just have everybody in the company do it and uh, see what kind of results we get. Yeah. So um, what do you got this week? You know what? Um, it's interesting, you know, going along with classes and stuff too. I just, I love the Nutritional Therapy Association more and more than I get to learn about them and, and learn alongside them. And I just think it's, one of the things that really stuck out with me is just their, their mission statement and what they're guided by. The, they have three things that they're guided by. And um, one is a profound respect for the teachings of the nutritional pioneers like Weston Price and so forth. The ones that are out there working and that were years and years ago, which is just so cool. Um, one thing we talk about a lot is the commitment to the concept of biochemical individuality, that each person is different. Um, I have always loved that. I just, I just think we've we've been too long trying to, and the medical professional could do that. You know, put you in a you know a round peg in a square hole type thing. Um, and the last thing I loved, it said, the belief that within each of us lies an innate intelligence that will guide us. And I think we've seen that with our tribe. That you know, it's just everybody. You know, we're people are smart and they know what's going on with their bodies. They know where they want to go. And they know what they want to do to get there. And um, I, I am constantly humbled by that. So I'm just grateful, Kevin, that you introduced um, the Nutritional Therapy Association to us. And, and it's guiding all of us on this, on this path, too. So very, very cool stuff. You know, I, I, I love the way you just said that because I felt the exact same way. In the beginning, mm -hmm. for me, taking the NTP program, Sort, you know, I had read a lot of books already. I, I had learned a lot before I ever got to the program. And I really, I don't want to say I was only taking it to get a couple letters behind my name, but, but that was part of it. You know, people tend to take you more seriously when you have some credentials. And I thought, okay, uh, you know, I, I need to go do something. Every week, though, I was more and more impressed. I mean, I, I just, mm -hmm. I, I think that what they are doing is absolutely amazing. Their teaching is just rock solid. This stuff really works. They are, the, you talked about the bio-individuality. They're very big on that. They are very big on using our body's own innate intelligence to, to heal itself. And, and every week I was just more and more impressed. And I, I love seeing that excitement and passion in you now and seeing the same thing. And you know, I, I was at the conference this past weekend and I got a chance to sit with a doctor, an MD, and he has a an NTP and she actually took the program back in 08. So she's been doing this quite a while now. And she is a full partner in his medical practice and he requires every patient, no matter what you come to him for as a doctor, he requires every patient to see the NTP. It, it's a requirement in their practice. And he says that if, if every doctor, every general practitioner would follow this model, he says we would revolutionize health in this country and we would revolutionize health care. 
And and this is an MD, a medically trained doctor who mm-hmm. is so impressed. Look, he said, honestly, um, she does so much more to help people be healthier than I ever do. He said, I diagnose disease. I bring them in. I find out what's wrong with them. I, you know, we don't prescribe a lot of medication, but sometimes I have to. Um, but all I'm doing is fixing a short-term problem. She is actually making them healthy for life. And, and he's such a strong believer in that. So I, I just thought that was really cool. That's, that's me. Could you imagine, could you imagine if, you know, NTP partnered with offices? That's, that's really a, a, a cool idea. Yeah, it really is. I, I love that. So I, I'm excited that um, you're going through it. I, I'm also excited that right now, I believe, according to the NTA, we have five of our listeners currently enrolled in the program. That is so awesome. I only know one, but that's who's going to the one in Boston. There's all over the country. So that is just, oh my gosh, that's so great. Yeah, that is. I mean, I love that idea. I mean, think about this. Truck drivers still working every day out there driving around, but either learning this for themselves, their family, their friends, or or maybe they're actually going to go into practice. I could see a bunch of mobile NTPs. I think it would be awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. So very exciting. Um, what do you say we get to some phone calls? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right, let's get started. Let's go to Illinois. Dave, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, not much. Uh, actually, uh, quite a bit. But <laughs> I've talked to you guys numerous times about uh, the ketogenic diet and stuff. Uh, about a month and a half ago, you looked at some blood work for me. My, my question today is I'm experimenting with um, intermittent fasting. And okay. I, so I've been doing, I've been doing grain free for a year and a half and keto for a year and two months. I feel like I've got it down to where, like, like you said before, what works for me, I might not be as strict as some people, but I know it works for me. I've been able to stay at a steady 215 now for, geez, about three months. I think that's okay. just where I need to be. You know, um, I feel pretty confident on how I'm eating and what I'm eating. And I know what I'm doing as far as that goes. But my question for you is, with intermittent fasting, because of the schedule I have when I'm on the road with my job, I'm a furniture mover, I work out six days a week. I do CrossFit in my trailer. So for me to do that on a day I'm working, I have to be up at four in the morning. So I'm usually working out. Hold that thought. Let me get to a break. We'll come back. And uh, this is a great topic, by the way. I love intermittent fasting. So we'll talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're talking with Dave in Illinois about intermittent fasting. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, so well, my question is, is, so, you know, I'm out there working out by like five at the latest. Um, so, and I, I'm prepared to get a spanking from you guys on this, but so because I'm working out so early, you know, I, I do have a pre-workout drink I take, and I take it like a during workout post-recovery drink as well. So, I, you know, I drink that, and then I get done, and some days I'll do a protein drink, some days I won't, and then I do my Bulletproof coffee. Well, I have a feeling I'm not sure if I'm getting the proper effects from intermittent fasting because technically I'm taking a nutrient. Am I thinking correctly on that? Or You are, and there's different levels of this. And I think that um, I, I consider myself intermittent fasting. And, and the reason I do is because I usually don't eat anything after about 7 o'clock at night. And the next day, I normally don't eat a meal till about one. So that's like an 18-hour fast every day. But I am drinking Bulletproof coffee in the morning. So there is nutrients in there. There's fat in there. But what we're looking for in intermittent fasting, the advantage of intermittent fasting is digesting food is very, very hard on our body. And if we're eating all day, you know, and the only time we're not eating is when we're sleeping, then our body has to process and digest all the time, which takes a lot of energy. Our blood sugar tends to stay higher. Now, if you're on a ketogenic diet, it's not a big deal because you're not eating anything that would cause your blood sugar to go up. But even like I said, protein can do that. So the idea and the reason we do this at all is because of all the studies that have ever been done about extending life, making somebody live longer. The, now, obviously, this is virtually impossible to test on humans. So all of the testing on, on longer life has been done on animals, mice, fruit flies, all kinds of crazy things. But of all the things they've ever tried, the only thing that seems to extend life is calorie restriction. At first, they thought it required such a restriction on calories that nobody would ever do it. I mean, you would just be miserable all the time to add a couple years to your life. But what they found was fasting could have a lot of the same effects so that they figure if, if this will add you know, years to your life, there must be something healthy about this. And the, and the belief is that it just gives your body a break from this, this really hard task of digesting food all the time. So if we look at what you're doing or what I'm doing as intermittent fasting, it might not be perfect because we are taking in some nutrients. But when you think about the nutrients that are in maybe a protein drink or certainly a cup of Bulletproof coffee, there's not a lot of work the body has to do. You know, if we're using, especially right. if you're using like brain octane, your body literally absorbs that right through your intestines and turns it into energy, ketones. Um, short chain fatty acids in butter are easily digested and assimilated by the body. So we're not really making the body go through the whole digestive cycle. So I, I think that what you're doing 
although some people might say it's not true fasting, is still a healthy way to live. And it's sustainable. Like this whole intermittent fasting, 18 hours a day, I could do this the rest of my life. In fact, I plan on it. I feel yeah. great doing this. So I think yeah, that like, because it's sustainable, it's probably a better practice than more strict fasting that you just can't do very often. Yeah, because kind of like what you were saying. So like what I've explained to some people, I told them I'm doing it because they say the same thing. Like, you know, well, you're drinking this. That's got new. I say, well, the way I look at it is I'm not eating any real food for 18 right. hours or 16 hours. You know, I'm not eating Nothing. my first meal is lunch and that's about noon. So exactly. Yeah. You're not eating. Exactly. You're not eating a big meal that your body has to go through that whole process of digestion. Hey, and then the other thing I was wondering, uh, two other quick things. Um, I found a guy where I can get myself uh, a quarter or half steer from. So I'm buying that. Um, I talked okay. to him about the way the cow was raised. It's up in Illinois. I live in Illinois. The cows are raised in Wisconsin, just over the border. I asked him if they're grass-fed and grass-finished. He said yes, but he was honest. He said the first winter of the cow's life, they do feed it grain to fatten it up and help it get through the winter. And after that, they're a pastor the rest of their life. Is that going to be pretty much what I'm looking for there? That's not bad. You know, the, depending on the part of the country you're raising cows in, there is supplemental feed during the winter time, And that's just a part of yeah, it. But it the first, yeah, he said it's the first winter. Yeah, that's not a problem. Um, that is still a very, very healthy animal. That That is so much better okay. than any conventional meat that that would be just fine. Yeah. And then the other thing I was curious is uh, if I could do a plug for something. Sure. A, um, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine and myself, we've got a, uh, we've got a Facebook page for truck drivers for workouts. It's mainly centered around CrossFit. But um, Okay. If, if anybody wants to join, I mean, if they don't have the equipment or, you know, aren't ready to do something like that, we can definitely modify it. People could PM me, you know. Um, the name of the site or the page is uh, WODS, W-O-D-S, which stands for Workout of the Day. Workout of the Day. So it's WODS okay. um, for household, for it's WODS for truck drivers and household good movers, H-H-G. It's excellent. You know, I could get somebody started on good workouts with probably if they can fit a couple dumbbells in their truck or a kettlebell. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I got a lot of room in my trailer for what I do. So I carry quite a bit of equipment, but yeah, know, we've had a few guys join up and seem to like it. So great. Yeah, we, will, we will send them your way. Uh, the more support, the better. Let's head off to Texas. Daniel, welcome to the program. Hey, Kim and Kevin, great show. Hey, Kevin, Daniel. I want to pick your brain. I want to okay. pick your brain. I've been diagnosed. I've been uh, diagnosed with osteoarthritis. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, let me give you background. I'm 54. I'm an over-the-road driver. I'm about your size. I'm five seven, probably 150 pounds. I'd been up to like 165, but I went on the the keto diet. I've been on for about a year, and like I said, I've lost quite a bit of weight. No sugar, no grains. I'm eating grass-fed and grass-finished beef, coffee. I got the Kerrygold cheese. I called last week, and you said my cholesterol looked pretty good. Okay. But anyway, for about six months, I've had back pain. And I finally, I'm taking some of the supplements that I got from Kim. And 
I went and got an x-ray and uh, went to a back doctor, and he says, uh, look at the x-rays, and I've got on my hips, he said, I don't have a back problem. It's my hips that my joint in my hip, one of them is bone on bone, and the other one is almost there, and I've been pretty active. I've, you know, run and jumped and done a bunch of stuff. So anyway, what um, what can I do or you got any ideas? Okay, good question. Yeah, and, and you are clear that they have diagnosed it as osteoarthritis, correct, and not rheumatoid arthritis. Right. And he also, two weeks from now, he recommended I go to a, a osteo, what is it, the doctor for the bones? Yeah, um, I, I would skip that, yeah. honestly. Um, so just, just okay. so we're clear, osteoarthritis is a degenerative disease rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. So we would actually treat them very differently. Um, So osteoarthritis is actually a little easier. So what I would recommend when we did your supplements, did we give you the EFAs? Yes. Okay, good. So stay on those. EFAs? Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yep. Good. Stay on those. And also what I would highly recommend for you, and, and we don't have it in our store yet. We're going to have it here within the next couple of weeks, but you don't need to wait. Go to Bulletproof okay. website and order their collagelatin. So it, it's called collagelatin. And what you're going to do is put about a half a scoop, and, and it comes with its own scoop. And you're going to put about a half. Are you doing Bulletproof coffee? Uh-huh. Hey, Kevin, and I've already got that. You recommended that to me before, and I've been using the, what is it, college oh, good. and I've been using that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Good. Well, then you're on the right track. The longer you do this, the better this uh-huh. is going to get. Now, the, the medical community will tell you that this can't reverse itself, and that's not true. You give your body the right nutrition, and the EFAs and the collagelatin are ideal for this. This will keep improving over time. Um, I I would avoid the medical community as long as you possibly can. If for some reason this starts to get worse, let's address it again. But I think what you're doing is good. It's going to take time. Um, If the pain gets to the point where it's too much, then again, call us and we'll... uh, We'll work on some other ideas, but I think this is going to work for you. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Hold on, I think I had a false start there. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get right back to the phone calls. Kim, um, 
you know, something else on that uh, my son Michael just reminded me of that would also be really good uh, in this case is I think chiropractic would be good here. That, you know, part of the stress on the hips and what might have caused them to degenerate is uh, misalignment. So get the spine back in alignment. That'll take some of the stress off the hips. And then I think the supplement approach here will rebuild um, those joints over time. So this is one of those areas where targeted supplementation. We've identified a clear problem and we were using two supplements to attack that specific problem. The EFAs will help keep the inflammation down in those joints be, by balancing the fatty acids and the collagelatin will help rebuild um, the cushioning and, and the other parts of that joint. But I think chiropractic would be a great idea as well. well that is, that is. And what I love about Daniel is he, um, he writes in, you know, we first got in contact through like through support at letstruck.com and he's so diligent and, and taking it every step, um, step along the way, you know, and then reaching back out just like we at tribe care, like tell people if they have a business question, you know, to call the show and don't be afraid to call every week if you need to, um, because this is such a process and, um, you know, you just get started with us and then you know, you'll have questions, call into the show, write us and, um, and then just take it a step further. And that's what, that's what, that's what he's done. And it's, it's such a pleasure. He's, he's really funny to, to, uh, work with. You know, and, and I love that too. And I, I love the way you just said that because, you know, a lot of times I get people who want to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. It's just not possible. I mean, I, I just can't do that. I, I could spend 15 hours a day working with people one-on-one -on -one and I would never get to all the people who wanted it. So the, you know, the roughly 13 to 15 hours a week that we spend on the air can kind of become that one-on-one. -on -one. If you want to call every week, we'll take your call. We'll work with you step by mm -hmm. step. And the beauty then is everybody else listening gets the same benefit. It's almost like being able, like um, I do a lot of, I read a lot of what are called case studies. And the idea behind a case study is, that, let's say it's an NTP doing a case study. They write up a whole report on a specific client that says the client presented with these issues. Here's all their numbers. Here's what we decided. Here's the plan. We started working on it. Here's some results. And they, they tell the whole story from start to finish. And it's a great way to learn. And I do a mm -hmm. ton of study reading and research. And it's kind of like the same thing. You get to sit in and listen in and say, oh, you know, I, I've got some of those same things going on, and now I understand them better. It, it, mm -hmm. It's not that you should take the exact same advice I gave somebody else, because we do talk about bioindividuality, but if you are suffering from rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, I mean, you could take the same advice. I mean, getting some EFAs in, in as a supplement and some collagen certainly isn't going to hurt anybody. And if you have this condition, it is a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I really appreciate people because a lot of times I'll ask people, you know, have a call with your show and share. And they're so, especially this health part, they're so willing to because they've been on such a journey and they want to share that. That will help people. And um, very, very grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to Wisconsin. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. 
Uh, heard you talking about my uh, Crohn's here on Sunday. Yeah, I was wondering if you were listening or not, and I wish I had better news for you, but I am shocked at how there is zero information about this anywhere. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought well, so too. But and when I when I brought it up, like I said, the the doctor I got to spend time with, I I really liked. The guy's very um, intelligent. He gets it. He's on top of all the latest research. And when I brought this up to him, his eyes got big, and he thought, "Oh my God, um, why isn't somebody working on this?" Because the large intestine does do a lot of things. And, and his thought was, you know, the medical community has got to be careful about taking out body parts because there are some body parts we're just not going to be able to replace that functionality. Yeah, yeah. Don't quote me, but the clinic or the hospital I went to, uh, I believe they did 800 surgeries in one year. Removing the large I, that due to Crohn's doesn't surprise me. Be, and, and I believe they were only number two in the U.S., which is even more. Scary. Wow. Well, here's here's the so. good news. Um, I, I did a lot of research about other as much as I could find about things like this. For example, there's a ton of research on brain injuries. So when one part of the brain gets injured, another part of the brain actually takes on those functions, even though we never thought that part of the brain could do that. Like there are certain parts of the brain that are responsible for um, your hearing, auditory. And, and there are, we thought there were specialized cells in that part of the brain that process sound, audio. And yet, that entire part of the brain can be removed or damaged and another part will learn that functionality. So our body is really, really adaptive. So I have a feeling that these functions that your large intestine was performing, maybe some other part of your body is going to, to start to replace that function. The, the one thing that um, a lot of people agreed on was um, and everybody was curious because nobody had really thought about this before. Nobody's come across any research on it. So we were all kind of speculating and um, we were wondering how you're doing on hydration. Are you finding it hard to stay hydrated? Are you dehydrated more often? I, let's see. I go through about 10, 16 ounce bottles of water a day or more. And Ooh, I that's just, a lot of water. It, yeah. I, uh, it, it, it's within reach with me and I'm thirsty. I grab it. So, uh, I, well, I and there's another key. And... You're thirsty. And if you're thirsty yep. and that may be one of the symptoms, because we do know that the large intestine is where the body regulates our water. It, it will either pull water into the body or out of the body, and, and that's where that happens. So I have a feeling that's why you're drinking so much water and still finding yourself thirsty. I think it is harder for you to stay hydrated now. So it, it keep drinking. 
um, because you don't want to yep. get dehydrated. And I think you are going to have to drink more than the average person. Yeah. One of the main reasons I called you and asked you about this is I was thinking about the bulletproof coffee. And if I recall right, you said short chains triglyceride are absorbed by the large intestine. They are butter in the um, not so much absorbed. Um, okay. What actually goes on is the the nutrients that are in butter, the the gut bacteria actually convert to butyrate and butyrate does a lot of different things in our body and we don't really consume it it's created by our gut bacteria and so are actually a lot of vitamins a lot of vitamins are created by gut bacteria our um, neurotransmitters are created by gut bacteria that's why when i brought this up to people who understand it and doctors and I mean, they all kind of stood there with their mouth hanging open going, oh, my God, all these things that happen in the large intestine, what happens to those functions if you take it out? And nobody really knows. But I wouldn't worry about the Bulletproof yeah. Coffee. And in fact, for you, I would switch if you're not using brain octane, even though it's expensive, I would recommend it because the brain octane gets absorbed right through the small intestine and converted right to energy. I, I, I was just checking on things before I started it, and I got to see if I can uh, drink the coffee with the butter and the coconut. Yeah, oil as long as it's right, as long as it's not any kind of digestive issues. Um, and again, I don't think we know if it's going to. Now, I, I also don't want to worry you too much. Ninety plus percent of your nutrients are absorbed in the small intestine. In the large intestine, it's the gut bacteria taking food we can't digest and using it to create some of these other nutrients. So most of your nutrients, you're still getting. That all happens in the small intestine. But I'm going to keep working on this, too. I'm going to find out maybe all we need to do is supplement with some of those things. That might be possible. So this is still on my list, and I'm still working on it. Maybe we'll talk to you again next week. I've got to go. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rothenberg. All right. We're going to go ahead and do a second hour. Let me check questions here. Oh, uh, boy. I think Looks we're good. Like we, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we are loaded with questions. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. My co-host, Kim Cockerham, is with me. And this is the show where we talk about everything health. We've been lied to, and it's killing us. Everything we thought we knew about nutrition and health is turning out to be wrong. And there's a lot of new cutting-edge science. Kim and I are here 
to cut through all the garbage and dispel the myths and help you really regain and keep your health. So we'll take your calls and answer your questions about health, nutrition, diet, supplements, training, disease, injuries, you name it, we'll tackle it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call us. Kim, welcome back. This is our second hour of Destination Health for the week, and I'm almost wondering if we're going to have to add three. (laughs) I know. I know. I hate it when we can't get to somebody's call because they're just so real. I mean, they're just... When people call in, in about their health and their, their well-being and vitality for life, I just uh, just appreciate them, them reaching out. Yeah, it's also interesting on, on this particular hour, the, the Destination Health Hour, now two hours every week, we're getting a lot of listeners who aren't truck drivers. Um, in fact, even being at the conference that I was at um, – which was, uh, it was a conference put on Biot- by Biotics, which is the company we get our supplement line from. And Biotics only sells to practitioners, uh, but it could be an NTP, an NTC, it could be a chiropractor, could be a doctor of Chinese medicine, could be a medical doctor. We had all of those acupuncturists. So the conference wasn't just for NTPs, it was for all kinds of healthcare practitioners. And I was shocked at how many people came up to me and said, you're the truck driver guy. And they're <laughs> listening to this podcast. And some people came oh, up cool. and said, oh, you're the mayo guy. Because they saw the uh, <laughs> making the mayo. So it was kind of yeah, funny, but yeah. we're actually building a following on this show outside of trucking as well. That's really great. And it's, that's what the ripple effect is probably one of the, the biggest, and think of it in just a little over a year too, you know, um, and yeah. we've been on actually almost two years, which is crazy. So, um, you know, anybody who feels like, you know, they might be stuck or, you know, just overwhelmed with trying to get a hold of their health, just, you know, time goes by, it goes by fast. So just know that I think with, quick changes to health and, and what you're eating and, and doing and sleeping and so forth, you'll see such quick results. Um, and you want to, you just want to get started. Yeah. And, and just to let everybody know where we are expanding our offerings on the health side, I, I'm working on, um, you know, more keto friendly foods that can go in the truck and we're going to, to, actually launch an online store with those as I find them. We have the supplements that's now in the store. It's still a little tricky to find. Our website navigation isn't done yet. Um, So if you're having any problems finding any of the supplements, you can always call us. Um, That's going to get better. And we're going to be offering, and we're not ready quite yet, but we're going to be offering the food sensitivity testing, which I'm excited about. We are going to be doing one-on-one um, nutritional therapy consulting with people. Um, yeah, we're, yeah. we're working through a couple of beta tests right now. So we have some people we're working with directly. And the, the idea there is so we work through the process and the logistics. You know, we create our forms. We have our steps. We know what the follow-up is. We get our pricing down. 
Um, so on top of the hours we do here on the air, we're actually going to be doing more one-on-one -on -one consulting with people. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. Um, and I think when you first mentioned it, probably, oh, right when you got into your class and we're talking about your vision um, and what we could do and share, and people showed interest in that, um, and to see it starting to take the next step forward is really, really exciting. Yeah, it is. So speaking of all the questions, um, oh, I yeah. think we should probably write to them this week. What do you think? Sounds good. All right. Let's start off in Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on hey, your mind folks. today? Well, you know, you told me to do the psyllium husk and the water and the light balance, which I did. And it worked just perfect for about nine days. Now okay. I'm back to we're three days with nothing but a zero. The pain is building. My question, a couple of them. My original NTP did not do the functional evaluation of any kind. I did locate another one in Cincinnati. Should I go see one that will actually do that to maybe pinpoint closer what the problem is or, or maybe even also, do I need more psyllium and will the body get used to it and that's a problem long term and I need to figure something other than psyllium? Um. You could try more psyllium. We know you responded to it. Although, let me take a step back. I would recommend a functional evaluation because we've been chasing this for a while now. We fix it, it comes back. We fix it, it comes back. Um, you can use more psyllium and to answer your question, no, that is not something your body adapts to. And where some people will get confused is that most remedies for this are not good long-term. Um, th they're actually really bad for the body um, and they will cause your body to stop functioning properly and actually make the problem worse over time. Psyllium doesn't do that because of, of what it does. Like most other remedies for this are, they're affecting, um, certain functions in the body and then the body kind of gets lazy and won't do those functions on its own and that's where the problem comes in all psyllium is really is just fiber it, it's just pure fiber so you're adding a lot of fiber to your diet which is good for a lot of things not only is it good to keep things moving but it's good because it feeds our good gut bacteria so you really don't have to worry about overdoing the psyllium unless you overdo it to the point where you're getting symptoms um, and then you could back off but it's fine long term um, I, I okay. would do the one-on-one -on -one, though and I, and I would also recommend for you the food sensitivity test there may just I've be already some... had that uh, that's right did I ever get the results already... on that one yeah, I just sent it to yeah, Kim. I've already had the MRT. Mm -hmm. I mean, do that's the other thing. Does things change? Do I need to do another sensitivity to see what may be changed in the, oh, about eight months since that was done? And for the psyllium, right now I'm using the standard teaspoon like you stir coffee with or whatever. 
and I'm doing just a not a heaping teaspoon, just one teaspoon one time a day. How much more? I don't want to go far end up the other way around. Then I can't go to work. <laughs> so I don't. Um, it, it normally doesn't do that, but I would I would just increase the dose kind of incrementally and see what happens. And but, uh, and that you know you could honestly I think you could probably double it and see what happens. I, I don't think you're going to get okay, horribly adverse reactions from double. Double it at double it at the same time, staying with the one a day or one spoon morning, one spoon evening to double it. I would do that. Yeah, I would spread it out. So if you're taking one in the morning now, okay. take one in the morning and one at night. And and you may also okay, what do you think if about that's food? as far as the what. The food sensitivity, does it change? Do I need to redo that maybe? It, it does change, but it tends to change for the better. Actually, what happens is once you eliminate a lot of these foods and you're also working on the things you've been working on, a clean diet, a little bit of supplementation, working on your digestion, we actually tend to lose the sensitivities and, and many people find they can go back to eating some of those foods. So. You know, the only downside to doing it is cost. If you're okay with cost, more information is always better. But I hesitate to just tell somebody, oh, yeah, go test again, because I get it. It's, it, it's expensive. Um, so if you're okay with the cost, more information is always better. We, we may learn something. I think, though, that your money would be better spent on an FE, on the functional evaluation. And, and let's see if we can pinpoint okay. what's going on there. Yeah, this other NTP wasn't in today. I have to wait till Friday to call her, but I'll do that. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Let's, uh... oh, you know, Kim, um, when we come back, I think you have some uh, ideas for Herschel as well. So let's, uh, let's talk about that when we get back from this break. Okay. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Before the break, we were talking with Herschel and Kim. You were sending me some text messages there with some great <laughs> ideas. Yeah, I just wanted, it made me question. I can't remember first when I had talked about it at time four, but I had just wondered, you know, even just um, on the exercise, the moving, which is just such a challenge when people are driving a lot. Um, but a quick thing, in, and I Googled just to see what's out there on this, and there's a ton um, on yoga. And Yoga, I just remember when I had done yoga for it, and you do certain moves and twists, and um, I remember the instructor saying about, you know, it being so good for your digestion, and it's true, you know, to just, um, 
um, do certain poses that just help get things moving a little bit. And you can go and I can even put something up on the uh, gestation health page. There's a YouTube video. I'll check it out first before I put it out there um, for digestive flow. So I know that's just a, yeah, a natural idea. holistic thing you can do. Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. All right. Let's go to Wyoming. Mike, welcome to the program. Yeah, Hello? Yep, it's your turn. Go ahead. Yes, how are you doing here, Kevin? Yes, I had a question on uh, HCLs. I've been taking them for about two, almost three months now, and I'm up, I think four. Uh, five is one that, where I notice I get uh, a little bit of a heartburn and cut it back to four. But uh, is there a point where it long-term effect, it can affect you or negatively? Uh, no, that that's the beauty of of this supplement is that your stomach is producing the exact same thing we're taking as a supplement, and there doesn't seem to be any evidence that by taking it your body will produce less. In fact, it's almost the opposite. What you will oh, okay. find though is if we address the right stuff. Like you're, you're eating a good, clean diet. You're taking the stomach acid now. What you'll find is you, you won't have to take this forever. That your digestion will continue to get better and better. And your stomach will start producing more and more of its own acid. And then you won't need. Like I have, I, I kind of cycle on and off of it. Like I'll go a couple weeks without taking any HCL at all. And, and I'll my digestion feels like it's working great. And every now and then, like I actually did it um, yesterday, I ate a, a dinner that was pretty high in protein and um, HCL, that's actually its role. It's there to digest protein. And I thought, you know, that, that meal was pretty heavy in protein. I'm going to take the HCL and see how I feel. And I didn't notice any big difference. So I have a feeling I just don't even really need it anymore. Right. You know, you know, I'm one of those guys, I, I have a hard time gaining weight. You guys are talking about people having a hard time losing weight. I have a hard time right. gaining weight. I'm, I've been, I think the heaviest I've ever been was 145, and I'm right now about 138, 140. And, uh, there, there, I, and I do eat, I, I'm on a ketogenic diet, but I do, I'm, I do add a little bit more carbs in, but I still have a hard time gaining weight. <laughs> yeah, and and... and... Just be very grateful for that. And I'll tell you why. Um, what you're having trouble gaining is body fat. I can tell you exactly how to gain weight. You're having trouble gaining body fat. That's actually a really good yeah. thing. Um, we know that people who are more lean are just healthier in almost every way. So you've got, whether it's good genetics or good gut bacteria or probably a combination yeah. of both, that's a really good thing. And now that you're eating early, healthy and all early, those things, go ahead. Right. But early on in my, when I was 26, I got really sick. I mean, uh, like I had a flu for three months straight. I lost a lot of weight. It went from 145 down to 93 pounds in three months. Wow. And then, and then we finally, my regular family doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. So I went to a naturopathic doctor, an iridologist, which can read your eyes, and he right away seen what was wrong with me. He said you're allergic to wheat. 
get off the wall, we probably was like ASAP. Oh, wow. And within a week, all of a sudden, like, this fog lifted, and the flu went away. Oh, wow. Excellent. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think... I'm one of those guys that don't eat any wheat, you know? Good. Good. I, I think this is a good thing. If you wanted to gain weight, what you would do is resistance training, weightlifting, oh, okay. um, you know, high, in, high intensity weight training. And that will always put on weight. I mean, as long as, you know, you've got a good, healthy diet and you do, your digestion is working better now. If you can't gain body fat, that's wonderful because nobody. I mean, the only thing excess body fat is good for. The only upside to excess body fat is in case the zombie apocalypse really does happen, the more fat you have on your body, the longer you can go without eating. But in our world today, food being so plentiful, I'm just not sure I'd want to carry around a bunch of extra body fat waiting for the apocalypse. Can I ask you about, um, have you read a book called... uh Eat right for your blood type by Dr. Peter Adamo. Burn you it. Know, is that t- <laughs> burn it, huh? Burn, burn it. Yes. Okay, because I wasn't sure. I, I, I read it a long time ago, and I've been always wanting to ask you if you read that one or knew anything about it, if it had any truth. Don't, don't even wait to burn it. If you're driving, roll down the window and throw it out now. No, I'm oh, sorry. Burn it. At home. <laughs> Burn it because we don't want anybody else to find it and read it either. Yeah, really, really bad advice. No science behind that whatsoever. Now, there is some science behind genetic typing and genetic diets, but we, I still don't think we know enough yet to really apply that. We do know that some Uh, People genetically are able to handle more carbohydrates than others. Um, We know because of genetics, there are certain foods that aren't tolerated by certain groups, and that comes down to genetics. But I think that rather than trying to go do a 23andMe genetic test and trying to figure out all the science, because even people who do this all the time don't really understand it, I think you're better off just finding your own carbohydrate balance, what works for you, and maybe doing some food sensitivity testing to find out what doesn't work for you. But the whole blood type thing is uh, just a really bad idea. Let's go to Nevada. Maria, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. How are you two? Hi, Maria. Great. What can we help you with today? Hi. Well, I was calling with two questions, but then I heard earlier today in the show about the osteoarthritis. And so I want to hit that one first because I have horrendous back issues, osteoarthritis, scoliosis, and a couple of discs that are don't have the cartilage thing. And I've been able to survive the issue with some physical therapy exercises I was given that I could do exclusively in the truck, and I combined that with yoga. Good. So is it true that you can reverse at least the osteoarthritis? Because that would be a major help for me. I believe so. I I think that with good nutrition, our body is really, really amazing. 
and with the problem is we don't see it happen very often because it just hasn't been very common for somebody to really get strict about a good clean whole food diet but but there are mm -hmm. lots of case studies that show that if you give your body the right nutrition, it can do some pretty amazing stuff. I mean, there are still doctors who will swear up and down you can't reverse type 2 diabetes, and yet people are doing it every single day. And, and I believe right. a lot of our, you know, I, I'm going to go find this somewhere. I had a chart one time that um, the whole idea behind the chart, it, was, it told us how fast our tissues regenerate all the time anyway. Like your stomach lining uh -huh. regenerates entirely uh -huh. every couple days or something. And muscle tissue wow. regenerates over a certain period of time. Every one of our tissues in our body regenerates. There are a few exceptions, but not many. And if it can do that and we give it the right nutrition, it can regenerate back to a healthier state. So I, I, I believe that almost every disease could be reversed with good nutrition and lifestyle changes. So for you, again, I would also recommend, um, I would recommend the EFAs, the essential fatty acids that'll balance and control the inflammation and the collagelatin because those are the nutrients that our joints and our connective tissues need to rebuild. Bone broth um, is very similar. In fact, we get the gelatin, okay. the collagelatin, and those things from bone broth. From bone. So the collagelatin is okay. just a more convenient way. It's a powdered form. But, you know, good bone okay. broth will do a lot of stuff. Um, I know you've got some more questions, so let me get to a break, and we'll come right back and talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothbard. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Destination Health. Kim is here with me. We're taking your calls. I'm going to go back to Nevada. Maria, go ahead. All right. Thank you. So then how much of the EFAs do I take? And I'm assuming this is something I'll have to take for life then because of how bad my back is. Um, the EFAs are really kind of supplementing the diet. You can get a good fatty acid balance from diet alone. So the EFAs aren't mm -hmm. necessarily something you have to take. The reason we recommend them is mm -hmm. because, especially on the road, 
um, but even just normal life, I have a really hard time right. keeping my omega-3s up and my omega-6 down because omega-6 is in so many okay. foods, even, even the healthy foods we talk about, nuts, um, don't always uh -huh. have a great rate. So, you know, unless you're eating a ton of seafood, a lot of grass-fed pastured animals, a lot of pastured eggs, and you're avoiding, you know, eating out, eating any processed food. If you really work hard, you can get the balance right through food alone. But I find that most people just aren't going to be able to do it. So that's why we recommend the EFAs. And I would take them as long as your diet just wasn't high enough in it, you know. Um, Okay. But if you can get it in food, that's always better. But I just find that most people mm -hmm. can't. So the EFAs is why I recommend. The collagelatin, that's not something I think you would have to take the rest of your life. I've been taking it now for about a month. And I can tell you that even mm -hmm. when I don't clean, like if I'm out on the road and I have to eat out more often and I can't control the quality of my food, I'm noticing the joint pain isn't coming back. Prior to doing the college gelatin, oh, okay. if I just went a week without eating very clean, my joint pain would start to come mm -hmm. back again. Yeah. Yeah, when you're out on the road, I mean, I eat out of my truck. I make my own meals in the truck. But when the store that you have access to all the time is Walmart, you're limited as to the quality of food you're buying. So when I leave very, the house, very, I've got quality. But after very being on the road for a bit, yeah. I'm stuck. And if I had to guess, okay. this would be an so, interesting thing, but if I had to guess, if we looked at all of the food that's available in a Walmart and we uh -huh. calculate how much omega-6 was in the building compared to how much omega-3 was in the building, I would not be surprised right. to find out 100 to 1. Yeah, right. All right. So then I'm currently taking glucosamine. Would that be yeah, a waste stop that. then? Because stop, stop it. It's okay. not fabulous. It's, it's not well absorbed by the body at all. And and I used to right. because I I I you know started developing arthritic symptoms early in life. Arthritis runs in my family. Mm -hmm. I tried every possible glucosamine and chondroitin supplement on the market. Nothing ever mm -hmm. worked. I, I, nothing ever worked. And then I found out why it's because it's poor quality. The body doesn't absorb it. Well, there's all kinds of reasons. And, and then I found out about true grass fed collagen and true grass fed gelatin and how those are really easily absorbed by the body. And this product is actually both. That's why they call it collagelatin. It's both. And, I, again, for me, it's all about results. This has worked, mm -hmm. like right. I said, none of those other supplements worked, and this worked pretty darn quick. You know, all Kevin, right. mine might be a good candidate for the uh, food sensitivity test, for sure. Yes, absolutely. I would love it. I would we love are it. close. Yeah, because they I, told me just, I, you know, deal with painkillers, and someday you'll need surgery. And it's like, uh-uh, <laughs> that scares the heck out of me. Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me just tell uh, you that 
I, I probably, if I sat down and thought about it, I bet I've come in contact with 30 people in my life that have had back surgeries. Nobody ever has one. Uh-huh. That, that's what scares me. Nobody yeah. ever has one back surgery. Right. It's multiple back right. surgeries. Yeah, and they also deteriorate yeah. worse. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you feel that way. Um, I would not do the painkillers unless you absolutely just can't stand it anymore. Um, and I certainly wouldn't do surgeries. I think you're on the right track. And I think you're going to see a lot of results from the uh, um, gelatin and the EFAs. And I think, Kim, you're right that this is a uh, great opportunity to check some food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Let's see. We're going to head off to Washington. Ken, welcome to the program. Hey, how you guys doing? Hi, Good. You know? Yep. What can we help so you I with want today? To take out speakerphone. Hey, so, um, hi, Kim. It's Ken Bach. And I, uh, oh, hi, Ken. Started that, started the keto, uh, well, I was going to wait and start it next week after we got the, uh, the breath keto machine. But the wife went ahead and forced us to start it on Sunday anyway. She said we'll figure it out once it comes. And um, since then, I've, I've just watched the scale and everything. I've already lost like eight pounds. And I Excellent. Don't, I don't know what to what to relate it to. We're, we're trying our best. I, I wouldn't say everything is perfectly clean. You know, we're getting the best meats we can get and, and stuff yeah. like that. However, the same day we started, I also came down with the flu. And knowing automatically that every cough syrup and every cough drop in the world has sugar in it. What else there at the beginning of the show, uh, Bridget was asking me questions and you said you guys were actually discussing the flu in the first uh, segment. What, what cough drops other than, you know, I mean, I've been reading online. People just suggested taking a shot of vodka and that really doesn't work in a trucker's life. You know, we just can't whip out the shot glass and a bottle of gray goose and go ahead and knock out that cough. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, cannabis works even better, but that's not going to, that's possible for you as well. Um, You know, I I don't think, I I don't think I would get too crazy about, I I mean, if you can find a a brand of sugar-free cough drops and if they actually had stevia, that would probably your best bet. But if you can't, I don't think I would worry about um, the sugar you're going to get. I think this is going to be short term. If you needed to cut back right. a little bit on some carb somewhere else in your diet, but I don't see this as a big issue. Cut cut back on what? Um, well, let's say you're already eating, say, thirty or forty grams of net carbs, and now you need to, you know, take four or five or six cough drops in a day. Just look at the carb count that's in the cough drops and just subtract it somewhere else. You know, just just don't right. eat no. one other food that day that has some carbs. We don't really care. I shouldn't say this. I was going to say we don't really care where we get our carbs mm-hmm. from. We do. We want to get our carbs as healthy as possible. Right. But in a case like this, right. we could just swap the carbs you're going to get from this and just take something else out of the diet for a couple of days. Right. Well, I've been keeping everything around, uh, you know, 80, 85% fats um, and about 10 to 15%, well, about 10 protein, about 80 fats, 10 to 15 protein, and the rest carbs. 
So at, at that balance, if you're able to maintain that balance, adding some cough drops or cough syrup isn't going to hurt a thing. You don't even need to eliminate anything else. You're at such a good high fat to carb ratio that you could afford the extra carbs not going to hurt you at all. Right. But it's, it, for me, I mean, I just add extra butter, extra, you know, olive yeah. oil. I eat avocados like they're going out of style. For my wife, though, it's harder for her to get the fat. You know, um, today I was going to uh, fire up some um, uh, chicken thighs and uh, olive oil and then saute them with a little butter and garlic. And, I, I mean, is stuff like that good or is that not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know. again, you know, the quality of the fat matters. Um, you know, the other thing you can do, um, you could even create like a uh, a bulletproof drink that would actually help with your cough. Um, you could do like a, a, a tea, like take some hot water, squeeze in lemon, put in some local honey, and you could even throw some butter or coconut oil into that and blend it, and that will go a long way towards keeping the cough down as well. Okay, so local good honey then? Yeah, yeah, good local honey. Okay. It's actually has some medicinal benefits. Um, lemon is good. Put that in some hot water. Throw in some grass-fed butter, some coconut oil, or both. Blend it up, kind of like a bulletproof tea kind of thing. And the honey and the lemon are going to be really good for the cough, and you're getting some more fat into the diet. And if you make it right, it tastes good. Stick around. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment, Kim. I can't believe it. We blow through these shows so fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know what? I love your advice for Ken because it's just, you know, sometimes we get so nervous that something's going to knock us out of ketosis or something like that. But, um, you know, if you can't, you know, do what you can when you can. So if you have to stop and get a cough drop to, to you know, be able to get through your day, um, do that. But then if you're home and you have a little bit more time, go do some research. And there's some really cool things that you can try um, to add some comfort naturally. And it just feels good. But you do the best you can. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to Alberta. Dale, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for taking my call. And Kim, <laughs> thank you for everything hey, you're Dale. doing. You're such an inspiration. And and Kevin, thanks so much for getting Allison to 
getting Allison to buy into this because it's so much easier to follow mm. when all this crap isn't coming into my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so right. So far, I'm down 30 pounds. Uh, two questions. What, uh, if I look at my BMI, I'd have to go to Biafra because I think I'm supposed to be at about 212 pounds and I think that ain't going to happen. <laughs> what should I be at? And uh, I just got put on Lipitor as a preventative medicine for strengthening my arteries so I don't have a stroke. But from everything I read, Lipitor gives you cancer, so I'd probably be okay with a stroke. I, here's the thing. Not only does Lipitor have a whole bunch of nasty side effects, it doesn't help anybody live any longer. There's tons and tons of proof that all it really does is lower your cholesterol number. And, and we think that's okay. It's not. That lowering the numbers doesn't do anything if people aren't living longer, if they're not having fewer heart attacks or strokes, and they're not. There's tons of research to support this. Like, the only group they think that that might do a little bit of good for is men over 40 who have already had a heart attack. And they're not even really sure that it's helping that group very much. So the whole statin thing is criminal in my opinion um i would if i were you i would listen to two books i i would listen to cholesterol clarity which is by jimmy moore and i would listen to um lipitor deep of memory and that's a book by dr Dwayne graveline um and you can't beat this guy's credentials he is like a, a, a NASA flight surgeon and the guy has got unbelievable credentials and he went on statins because his doctor recommended it. He had horrible results, went off statins, all everything cleared up. His doctor convinced him to go back on statins and it all happened again. And now he's written several books about all the dangers of statins. So I have no problem whatsoever telling people, throw them away. Don't take them. Okay, well, so that works because I really like grapefruit, and you can't have grapefruit on it, so I'll get rid of that. Because my cholesterol he, really isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's not bad. You know, he's doing it, so I don't have a stroke. But um, Well, send me... Um, also, send me your numbers. Let me run them through the calculator because you might be surprised that it might not even be bad. It might be really, really good. Like almost every time I find somebody on a ketogenic diet, their total cholesterol goes up and their doctor freaks out. But when we run the ratios, all of their ratios get better. So in that, those are the numbers that are really important. So if you're going on the keto diet, I would not worry about your cholesterol. I wouldn't take the statins. On the BMI, you know, I think that we're pretty safe under 25. If you've got a BMI under 25, you're going to be pretty safe. But the other thing about BMI, I'm not real wild about it. Um, there are people that just, it, it's not a good measure. I'm one of them. Um, not as much as I used to be. When I used to work out heavy, um, I almost got thrown out of the army 
for having a BMI that was too high. And at the time, I had 12% body fat, which is almost elite <laughs> athlete status. But BMI only takes two measurements, height and weight. Well, at 12% body fat, I was 5'5 and weighed 175 pounds. So my BMI shows really high, but I was healthy. It was all muscle that was adding the weight because I worked out a lot. So I would ignore the BMI. I would even ignore weight because if you follow a good whole food diet and, and beyond that, a good ketogenic diet, your body weight is going to normalize anyway. Okay. Well, and, and I guess the downside, you got to buy me a new pair of coveralls for the CMC. There you go. I will buy you designer coveralls. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, That's my, uh, my fasting. <laughs> there you go. Uh, my fasting blood sugar was at 6.5. Is that anything to get excited about? Uh, was your fasting blood sugar 6.5? What are they measuring? They must be using a different scale. Um, that okay. wasn't A1C. Now, is that your A1C? No, my A1C was uh, 6.7 That's a, a month ago before I really, really got into the, uh, into the okay. diet. That, and that the is last a one he did just had a, okay. Yeah. But again, here's the good news. Stay on the keto diet and all those numbers are going to fix themselves. And that was, and that was the, uh, I you know, that was my, my hope, that uh, once I drop some more weight, that uh, December my, is my next set of lab works. I can, uh, I can look forward to a lot lower number. I think so, yeah. And we are getting ready. Next week, I think I'm going to focus on the food sensitivity test. The week after that, I think I'm going to work on, I'm already working on it. I think I'm going to talk about um, a blood sugar control protocol. So on top of the ketogenic diet for people who need to lower their A1C quicker, um, and we know a lot of drivers are in that position, they know they've got a DOT physical coming up and they need to lower it quicker. Um, I'm putting together a protocol of supplements that really help and actually some food as well that really help with blood sugar control. So that should be uh, just in time for you. Oh, perfect. Hey, thank you so much for, uh, for everything you guys are doing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing diet and I'm having no issue at all uh, keeping it up. Excellent. That's awesome. Keep Excellent. up the great work. So yeah. I'm going to start so shopping. I'm, I'm going to start shopping for designer coveralls. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in them. <laughs> there you go good stuff let's see can we squeeze in another call i think we can kim you know i'm looking and we have like a bunch of calls left so i'm trying to think which one should i take and you know gary i don't know if i'm going to get to your call but roasting your own nuts just doesn't sound like a good idea to me <laughs> oh no let's <laughs> Yeah, let's go to let's go to Utah. David, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kim. How you doing? 
Hi, David. Good. Can I help you with today? Uh, well, I'm myself. I'm a Desert Storm veteran. Um, ever since I got back, I've been getting migraine headaches. Uh, as of now, I get five to six migraine headaches on medication. Uh, I just stopped taking gabapentin, and but I still take the Imitrex shots. But I'm trying to go more holistic way to try and control them. And I was hoping you guys Good. could help. We can, actually. There is a lot you can do naturally for migraines, and the research shows that the results are way better than any drug therapy that they're currently using. So um, there is an entire protocol for um, supplements, food, exercise, all kinds of things. So um, it's a little more in-depth than most other protocols, like blood sugar control is fairly straightforward, fatty acid balance pretty straightforward. The protocol for migraines is a little more in-depth I mean, I'm going to give you some ideas before we run out of time here, but you would be a great candidate to do the one-on-one -on -one with us because it, there is a really good natural protocol that includes some supplements, some lifestyle changes, some diet changes, but the results are really amazing. Like I've talked to people that have eliminated them completely with no drugs. In the, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to give you uh, some of the stuff because I don't want to rush it. Um, so let's do this. If you're interested, um, get a hold of Kim and we will talk about doing a one on one and getting you set up with that protocol because I don't want to rush it right now. Uh, Kim, it does look like we're going to have to go to three hours. Okay. <laughs> you're right. I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> We're all out of time. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Be safe. Be profitable. Fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Uh, thanks, everybody. Sorry we didn't get to all the calls. I think we are going to uh, talk this week about expanding the program. Um, it's wonderful, Kim, that we have so many people interested, mm -hmm. and I just want to make sure we help everybody. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great, and just appreciate everybody. Yep, so maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll talk to Sirius, and we can get more hours on the air as well. Nice. There's obviously demand. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And we'll uh, see you this weekend for the live show. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.